What's up, guys, and welcome to Soul of the City, episode one, presented by First Touch Media. I'm Mickey, this is Chris, and this is Ian. And today, we're going to be going over the new MLS team, STLSC. And uh, our guy Chris over here is going to give us a little brief history of the city and uh, the impact that soccer has had on our little town that we call home. Yeah, so, I mean, just a little bit of background about us. We all met in some capacity through the game. And uh, some of us met when we were about five years old, and we're a full team. It's not just me, Milo, and Ian. Yeah, we um, got a couple other members. Yeah, we got a few members. We watch, just don't like them. <laughs> watch for the intro video coming soon. Um, but we've pretty much played all over St. Louis. Clearly, there's a, there's a pickup culture here. Like, we'll play at rinks or up at the fields all around St. Louis. Uh, we all played CYC growing up, and we'll get into that a little bit because it's very it's deeply tied to the the roots of St. Louis soccer here. Dude, sometimes it's yeah. like hard to get a rink. <laughs> like you show up, I know. and there's just like a bunch of people already there. Yeah, we'll pull up the Lindenwood, and they already have. Yep. They already it's have like, people running. All right, let's running. try the next one. Yeah, yeah. So um, we just love the game, and uh, we just want to continue talking about it and and fostering that culture in St. Louis here. So, yeah, just a little bit of background about St. Louis. Um, We've been a hotbed for American soccer since the inception. And I feel like we just don't get the credit that we deserve because we haven't had an MLS team yet. And now we have a professional team here. It's time to really just showcase that because since like the <clears throat> 1950s is the best, best time to really bring it up. <clears throat> the U.S. went into the World Cup and they beat England 1-0, which at the time England was considered the the father of soccer. Yeah. Um, they actually called it soccer. That's where we get the term. So yeah, it's soccer and football. It's whatever you want it to be. Yeah, yeah. We kind of, I use it interchangeably. Yeah, just I was about to say, it's yeah. just like whatever comes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to talk about Major League Soccer without calling it soccer. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. A little difficult. Well, like, we had that respect for a long time and then it got taken away just because, like, the MLS came around. And because we deserve people had it don't because, like, like us. <laughs> After, like when we beat England in the World Cup, how many players were on the uh, the U.S. national team from St. Yeah. Louis? So out of the eleven, we had five of the starters come from St. Louis, which is honestly insane. But it, it makes sense when you when you think about the history because the the president of the U.S. Soccer Federation, who's they're kind of like that's the the governing body in charge of deciding who would be on the team back in the 1950s. It was a much different time. Uh, just just for your context, like. Our five players who started on that team, they all had part-time jobs. Like, we had mailmen. We had a sheet metal stacker. We had a <laughs> meat packer. He was like a butcher. And we had a hearse driver. Um, one guy, we didn't really know his job. It kind of sounds like they were all in the mob. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, four of them were from the hill, the Italian hill. So they were. One of, yeah, them, so they one of them drove the hearse. The other one <laughs> was packing meat. <laughs> the other one was... Was killing people for money. Well, um, we that's not confirmed, nor did I. And actually, this was so long ago. Weren't they playing on on baseball <laughs> diamonds? Yeah, I mean, they just were playing on fields all across St. Louis. But yeah. that was the cool thing about it is that uh, whenever we needed to field a World Cup team, the the president was just like, "Well, I'm just going to call up the boys that are back home. <laughs> They've just been playing together forever. All the St. Louis players already had all the chem." So that was nice. Italiano. Yeah. Green, green links. Green yeah. links. The one guy who wasn't an Italian, he grew up uh, over by Cleveland High School in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. And I just thought that – and he, like – they, like, said that he learned how to play from the Hispanic kids. And I was like, yeah. Right. You just know 
there was there was a better Hispanic kid out there, oh, and they sure. just chose the Irish. <laughs> they just chose the Irish yeah. kid for sure. An untapped market for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. A historical yeah. thing in St. Louis, but I mean, like St. Louis had established amateur leagues prior to like any MLS, any organized team. Like this was a very unique thing to St. Louis because we have a uh, our city was built on the backs of like of immigrants who were just working class who were also like a lot of them were were Irish, a lot of them were German. Um and all of them Christian. A lot of them were or very Catholic. Catholic. They yeah, were really Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like the Italians and the the Irish came in. They were very Catholic. Yeah. They had all these parishes. And then but they were also immigrants so they like loved the game coming from their home country. So they um they kind of fused the two together and they 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 organized into like organically into just amateur teams. So there would be like auto dealerships and um, <laughs> like breweries and funeral homes where they would sponsor amateur soccer teams that would play nationally. And this so, is the most St. Louis. <laughs> shit oh, I've I know. Ever I know. Heard. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, but imagine having like the Budweiser sponsor yeah. CYC jersey. <laughs> what gets me is the funeral homes. Like. Yeah, dude. And the, that was the most successful team. Actually, it was, it was Kudis funeral home. They won six national amateur soccer championships, and that's like playing Jeez. against the the East Coast teams. Which, I mean, like Philadelphia Union, they have a good development squad as well. Mm-hmm. That kind of that history like plays into where they are currently in the MLS. Um, but it was amazing that St. Louis was just like this hotbed of soccer since the beginning. Um, but then it eventually like formed into more of a an organized sport i guess once cyc came around which is the yeah yeah well and that's why like cyc is so unique because like if you go like anywhere else you just play for like your school and not that you like don't go to school at like a little catholic school in st louis and play for their cyc team but like you can just totally be outside of like the church and still play for that team and it's like the closest thing to some kind of European youth system yeah. that yeah, I think we have to offer in the it's U.S. It's based a lot on your, like, neighborhood and your community, too, because, like, we went to, like, St. Louis Public Schools, and mm-hmm. we were still playing CYC with kids we didn't really know because that was just our neighborhood. It was whatever church was closest to you, really, yeah. or whoever you knew the best. That's how I ended up with you guys. Yeah. Well, I just went to the, the closest team, which was St. Luke's Little Flower, and that's how I met you. I guess that was probably the closest team to me, too. Yeah. What, what team did you play for, St. Ian? Stephen Protomartyr. Shout okay. out. And then I think we have some members of the team who played for St. Mary Magdalene, I want to yeah. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We played them a lot. Lame. Yeah, they were whack. They're trash. <laughs> <laughs> Always got skunked. Um, but, Take I mean. L's, nerd. Ultimately, like CYC, that grew into something. It, it continued to, to evolve. So then they they ended up with all these kids who were who were playing since they were very young. Uh, they were all playing together. They built up the chem, and we didn't have we had SLU University, like St. Louis University here, but they only had a club team. They didn't have like an official. Uh, NCAA represent- division team, yep. if that was even like a thing then, NCAA. <laughs> uh, well, so that brings me to the next point is like we had a club team. They played – there was a guy named Bob Gulker who was in charge of – he was like the executive secretary of CYC at the time. And he like was really tapped into all these really talented CYC kids who just came through when they were about 18, like ready to go off to college. They played them against like pros in the country. They played them in an all-star game. <clears throat> and those CYC kids, those 18-year-olds, like, yeah. won. And so that was, like, 
That was kind of like a, an eye-opening moment. They're like, "Oh, we need to make like a real program here." Yeah, yeah but and Ian's right. That's probably like the closest thing we've had to like European youth systems, into yeah. like since they made Select. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, that's true. But I mean, Select. Select is like the pay-to-play like model. adaptation of that, that's like the I'm capitalist saying, model like, of that. If yeah. we had kept going with that a long time ago we'd yeah probably, if there was equal opportunity right yeah <laughs> maybe we'd be a little better at soccer a lot better probably wouldn't, wouldn't be getting knocked out in the uh, quarterfinals at the world cup every time well it's also but it's, it's cool though because st louis like we've produced more soccer talent in this city than anywhere else in the nation right and it's it's very clearly a result of this cyc um program mm-hmm. so i mean just talking a little bit about bob gilker who he ended up creating Slew's first team D1. Uh, for their first D1 team. And Slew ended up winning the very first NCAA uh, national championship. Yeah. And then from like the years 1958 to 1973, they won, they won 10 championships, <clears throat> which is unreal. Yeah. And we haven't – I don't think Slew's won since 1973, but they've produced – like just an immense amount of soccer talent. Yeah, they've been like every, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They well, beat, I mean, they beat the number one Stanford yeah. like a year or two ago. I think last year they were a Final Four yeah. team. Th- like we, we know the guy that scored on Stanford. Well, and the reason why them. they haven't Spencer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the out. reason why he hasn't like or we haven't won since then is because everyone caught on and realized we gotta like steal St. Louis's talent. That was <laughs> like, a big part of it, actually. Even back coach in the him day, away. Yeah, it was back in the like even back in the nineteen sixties and nineteen like early nineteen seventies. Mm-hmm. Like we were like by far better than everybody. Like we were running the gauntlet for like ten years. And then so there's a there's a game that everybody kind of points to. It's the nineteen sixty five national championship and it was against Michigan State. And Michigan State had eight St. Louis born players. And it was like and <laughs> so, so St. Louis is winning either way. Kinda, honestly. And then so it was kinda like a CYC reunion um right there on the field. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I mean like St. Louis is a microcosm of soccer. I mean it's it's it ingrained in the city and I feel like not it has not been talked about enough. And also I feel like some cities and some in in America have tried to like steal the thunder kansas from st city. louis i lived in kansas city for six years and i can honestly tell you they like their soccer culture just isn't remotely close to what st louis no, we're is. naming like, yeah. names yeah well so, i mean the, okay so their mayor <laughs> tweeted out he was like saying that they're the soccer capital of america and i was like all right yeah you got the you got the world cup bid but like it well, takes more. It takes more to be the soccer capital of a this nation. This is heritage. Yeah, I was about it's to say, like that's like you don't there's a reason yourself. why. We, yeah, we had it for like all of history in yeah. terms of like soccer history in America, and then they got an MLS team and decided that they were it. Like the mayor can tweet about it. Yeah, we just got to tweet about it, and then we're the capital. Again. Yeah, I guess not really. So. We just got to beat them and place higher than them in the table, and then and then that's us. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I so can't we're declaring that. ourselves your your rivals, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> And, Watch out. Uh, maybe not this year, but soon we will be back on top with the soccer capital of the United States. Yeah. So, I mean, just moving forward, like this development that naturally occurred and it was like built out of our culture in this city now has become it became more intentional with CYC. And now that we have an MLS team and like a youth development team, mm-hmm. we have a new guy in town. Lutz Feinensteel. And he's responsible now for carrying forward and developing, building the systems. I won't say he's 
directly responsible for developing the talent, but he's responsible for for making this more of a, a systematic and structured um, he's, he, approach. He's definitely got the background to come into a soccer city with soccer people and just sports people in general, because he's really um, he's been a student of the game his whole life. And like, really, all he does is live, breathe soccer, football. He'd probably call it football, but. I like Foosball. to. Foosball I like to call German. him Mr. Worldwide. Sorry, Pitbull. Uh, <laughs> my my condolences, but we got a new Mr. Worldwide, and it's Lutz Feinstein. Feinstein. I say that because he is the only uh, soccer player to have played in every single of the six continental FIFA membership associations. So uh, six of the seven continents he's well, played soccer on, and he's trying to go for number seven <laughs> yeah I was about to he's say. a philanthropist and uh he's trying to do the what is it the antarctic 11 <laughs> or antarctic something like 11. that yeah. dude i read about that and i read about the fact that did he steal a penguin from somewhere? new zealand yeah <laughs> i think he did. i don't Where i don't he know if, i don't know if he would <laughs> characterize it as stealing he might say he adopted the penguin yeah he brought it home and like threw it in a bathtub with with a bunch bunch of ice ice. (laughs) yeah what and he quickly learned that you cannot do that to a wild animal that's madness and once the smell started getting to him he went back to new zealand and released it but hey he goes and he gets what he wants yeah he he goes and gets his man that's that's what i've that's (laughs) what i got out of that story so yeah um we brought in a new sporting director and his name's Lutz Feinensteel, and he, he's a former goalkeeper, coach, coaching instructor, so a coach's coach, uh, personal trainer, trainer for soccer teams, and he's been an on-air football contributor, so he's been a pundit. He's uh, called World Cup games for the German national team and just, like, the World Cup in general. And, yeah. Uh, he, Has he, like, developed anybody – because, like – if he's in charge of developing St. Louis soccer talent or building the systems to do that, has he ever wh- – who, who notable has he developed that, that maybe you would know? He was, so, he was at Hoffenheim for yeah. a while, right? So yeah. most recently he was at Dusseldorf, but before that he worked, <clears throat> he worked as a scout and the head international relations guy for the German club Hoffenheim. And, uh, yeah, he brought in Andrej – sorry if I say this wrong – Andrej Kramerich. Oh, David Rom and Oliver Bauman and Kramerich is definitely the biggest one of those names for sure. He, he, had, a good world, one, uh, he had a good World Cup, the Croatia, Croatia yeah. national yeah. team, yeah. Yeah. and yeah, he's a beast. So and he uh, he spent a lot of time with Dusseldorf, and he was the sporting director there. So he's spent a lot of time bringing in talent. He's spent a lot of time working with talent and developing talent, which is why I think he's probably the best man for the job. Not because of who he's bringing in, but the job that he's doing to at all facets of the game. I mean, he's passionate. I mean, we, I don't know if you watch German soccer guys, but German soccer guys are very passionate yeah. and full throttle fiery. He, he said that he wants St. Louis to be known as the gateway to hell. I love it. In the MLS. I love it. <laughs> Instead High of the gateway core. to the West, we're the gateway straight to hell. And I, <laughs> I think that's it, awesome. We might already be that, but yeah. I can't wait for these <laughs> LA. I can't wait for like Galaxy to come into St. Louis mid-July just or early August yeah. and just sweat it out. They're just like, they're not going to be able to deal with that humidity. And then our team's going to be playing a high gig and press. Mm-hmm. Like, Hopefully by then our own team, our own team will be used to the climate. Cause I know a lot of them come from all over. Yeah. And that's true. one of, 
his polls is that he can get people from all over. Yeah. And he's stated multiple times that he's not just interested in bringing in pros that are established. He's really interested in establishing a youth system here in St. Louis to bring in people that are from here and from around here. Um, he just signed uh Caden Glover. Glover. Yeah, yeah. Glover. Mm-hmm. 15. He's yeah, yeah. 15 and he's got a five-year contract. That's wild. I know. But it like, makes you they, be like, what am I doing with dude, my life? Yeah, well. That's how I felt when Odegaard got signed behind too. Behind the mic. But, know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the, I think that he is for sure, I don't know if he's the coach that will make us, like, it, like in terms of like his, uh, his ideals, but I think that like his knowledge of, like the European system, specifically the German system, because like yeah. the Bundesliga is heavy youth, youth presence, heavy like academies like succeeding, and, and they just like produce talent on talent. On they make talent. a lot of money by like, doing it, dude. There's a reason why like the best players, like the best youth in the world, wants to go play at like Dortmund for a couple of years and then make a bigger move. Think like, about all the Holland. young American players, yeah. all the young American players that we consider Grealish. They all came through, but the Bundesliga. We have two uh, natives, Riemann. Riemann, uh, what's his name? The Sergeant. Sergeant. Sergeant, yeah. yeah. Two yeah. U.S. national team players. Well, Sergeant was at... Wolfsburg. Yeah, he was at Wolfsburg. Maybe he was, was at it Wolfsburg? Wolfsburg? No. No? I well, don't remember what Bundesliga team he Well, was. he's in the Prem now. Look well, it was in the Prem last year. Now he's in the championship. But Tim yeah. Ream, though. Tim Ream is in the Prem, and he's one of the best center backs in the Prem right now with a re- reinvigorated Fulham side that's been tying Chelsea... Dude, full yeah, trash asses. <laughs> um, but I can't talk. So yeah, it, moving on from that. Werner Bremen. Bremen. He was yeah, a Bremen. That's what Bremen. it was. It yep. was a green team. And he's, mm-hmm. I mean, he's not banging in goals, but it's it's definitely like an exponential growth that you can see, and especially because he's from St. Louis. I mean, that's a a great sign. And also, one thing I'm excited about, and obviously, you don't make an MLS team to sell your players, but if Watching, it comes to that, mm-hmm. you get a lot of money, and then you sign. Even better players because the MLS is expanding at an insane rate. Dude, I'm sure that Atlanta or Atlanta United is like super happy when Almiron has banging in goals for Newcastle yeah. this year. Like Imagine they got to be stoked. Stayed. Yeah, that's true. That'd be messed but, up. Yeah. <clears throat> I, well, I want to throw in one little tidbit about Lutz. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. That shows that he really will do anything for the bag. <laughs> For the W, <laughs> okay. For the W, but not really. This is all. This is alleged. He's he he was cleared of all this, but he got arrested in Singapore while he was coaching in Singapore for match fixing. <laughs> With no, my favorite part is there was no evidence. <laughs> there was no due process. They just threw him, tossed him in the prison. Worst, <laughs> the worst conditions he's ever lived in in his entire life. He says this. How long was he in jail? For 101 days, he lost 30 pounds. No way. Jesus. And, but what I like about Lutz is he came out of it and he said it made him a better person. He said that he looks for the, the small things, the good things in life, and that he makes the best out of every situation because he knows what it's like to be stuck at the bottom without ever. Like, he had no control. Over in a prison cell. And the only yeah. thing that got him out. <laughs> Was a lie detector test. I thought you were about to say the love which for is the no game. longer the admissible. Love for, the love for the game got him out. He went on stand and he preached his love for the game of soccer. He to, took his cleats and to he the dug Singapore through the government. Walls. <laughs> Man. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So he seems like the right guy for the job. He's really just he, dedicated he yeah. to soccer. He's yeah. not like the main man in any specific position. He just he's gone from position to position just loving soccer and doing his best to fulfill his fucking dreams man and i love that 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he had a massive, just a massive task ahead of him. Like, imagine like starting a French, a professional American franchise in any sport. He said that like, this is like the biggest opportunity that was presented to him, and he he was oh, getting yeah. offers from from large European teams to come work for them, and he saw our plan to just have a clean slate and to develop youth and to set a new culture or revive a culture in St. Louis. And he came to the city and he loved it. And he talked to our board and they loved him. And now he's ready to, to burst down the gates of hell. Yeah. It makes me curious about other, like we're new, right? Like we're new into this league. It makes me curious about other expansion teams and how well they did in their first year. Cause like as a St. Louis sports fan in general, I might have unrealistic. Like we just have, we yes, have really high expectations. expectations. I wouldn't say un, I wouldn't say unrealistic. I would just say like they're really high. Like when I think about the Cardinals, Cardinals. I'm like, they, they could be unrealistic. Be, you need to be making We're the playoffs. We're unfair to the poor Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, I mean we but are. God damn it, we better see you in the World Series. That's what I'm saying. Year. Every year, it's kind of the expectation, and yeah. so I'm. I don't really want to give that up with with our. MLS team, but I do also understand that it's our first year in the league. So I want to yeah. know well, how, like, how other teams have done. I know you did a little bit of research. Yeah, on this. I did some yeah. research on this and I kind of split it up into like a few different categories was like the finances and like what went into like their expectations from like a stadium perspective mm. and like why they built said stadium. Like we've already gotten comments from like Chabi Alonso saying that we have like a great European-esque yeah. atmosphere, like Come rivaling yeah. those those teams he said that um, our facilities yeah rivaled facilities. like they rivaled large european clubs yeah. and he's played for he's at a large european and, club coaching yeah, yeah Bayer leverkusen sure. and that game was awesome but was. we got was super cold and super i was cold. super cold and super drunk yeah <laughs> just <laughs> screaming my lungs out yeah. yeah but that's what we gotta do yeah. gateway to hell yeah gateway, gateway to hell yeah. is right in my mind and those facilities cost us a pretty penny pretty penny it was like 457 mil for just the facilities, yeah. Does that include the the stadium or the? No. That's the stadium and the facilities, yeah. Okay. So that's that's yeah. everything wrapped into one. And for the, uh, I I looked back historically at the two most recent teams, which were Austin FC and Charlotte FC. Okay. Um, just to like kind of get a glimpse because like I think more data than that, you're kind of going too far into the past. Yeah. Um, for Austin, they built Q2 Stadium for 260 mil, and they kind of got the land like at a discount because the facility had a chemical explosion occur on it because it was a water treatment facility Austin fc doesn't care about its players or its facility nah, what do you like mean bro team. they're going nuclear they're gonna be like <laughs> freaking captain america they got mutants <laughs> in there that's what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why they were so good last year yeah. dude yeah they were really good last year and that's another thing that I went into, but Charlotte Stadium, Bank of America Stadium, which is weird because I I definitely was under the impression that you couldn't have like an NFL stadium and I a thought it had to be soccer specific wrapped into one. And yeah. That's not the case. Charlotte FC plays at Bank of America Stadium, which is weird. the Carolina Panthers Stadium. Weird. I and wouldn't so, like that. Yeah. In terms of money. in it does. In terms of like in terms of attendance, they can fit way more people. So Austin FC they their capacity is twenty thousand five hundred, and they've sold it out thirty six straight times. So high standard. That's impressive. It is impressive. Austin's that's a, yeah, Austin's that's a real soccer. Austin's right a popping city. Austin also came in 
to the league directly after COVID. They literally had their first season postponed because of COVID. Oh, so so everybody was chomping at the hype. Bit. Yes, hype. Yeah. Like That's season ticket holders probably got held off for a year. I'm actually like happy we had a year like extra to get our shit together because mm-hmm. I feel like that honestly maybe that builds into my unrealistic expectation my expectations of this club possibly like we've had an extra year yeah. yeah to like really train and like get the right people involved like yeah i don't think it's yeah we'll go into expectations i don't think they're like totally unrealistic but the the capacity of i think we'll sell out every game to be oh fair. yeah um but charlotte fc since they're playing in a football stadium, they have like seventy five thousand as the capacity, and they no they, way they sell near that. They don't yeah. sell seventy five k, but they get thirty five thousand people to come to games, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, if I'm being honest. Good for you, Charlotte. Um, I didn't know you had that in you. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, um, never been. <laughs> and the, shout out uh, Anna Weir. She lives there. My bad. Carry on. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> the uh, the squad was kind of the next thing that I went into because in terms of finances that's where you like spend meaningful money like you know you yeah just, you just eat the cost of yeah, yeah whatever yeah. facilities What's and our stuff transfer market um, right now so austin in their prior to their first season filled their roster of 28 players average age of 25.7 so less focused on youth um their transfer value as of today is 48.53 mil that's really high for the mls yes that's like toronto i know toronto's up there yeah toronto's up there 48 is really high dude 48 is a lot yeah. and that's like before their first season, they made 10 transfers, only spent 9.339 mil, and that resulted in 12th place in the West. Which, in their first season? Yeah, out of 13 spots. And then wah, the next wah, season, wah. Yeah, that's, that's a bad look. they Oof. ended in second, which oh. explains their current 50 mil evaluation on their team. Damn. That is a good yeah. look. Mm-hmm. That is a good look. You can succeed pretty quickly. This is what, what that if tells you. If you have the money. It also tells, or you have the talent. It kind of yeah. tells me that you need to just like fail for a year. Yeah. Maybe you don't need to, though. Some teams maybe, don't. Yeah, maybe some you teams don't, don't need to. You need to fail. Like, that might not have been a failure in their eyes if they developed the talent that they thought was going to yeah. take them to the next level. Yeah. And Charlotte, they focused more on youth and spent more prior to their first season. So they spent 17 mil, which is almost double of yeah. what Austin spent. Um, and their current squad evaluation is 28.9 mil. And there's like not a ton that they could have done to do better, but they got ninth in the West out of 14 teams, which like, it's not horrible, but it's not. So they spent, they spent double. 17 mil. Yeah. A little bit to under double three places. Yeah. And not a playoff spot. Not, not a, playoff a playoff spot. spot. It would have yeah. been worth it if they got the playoff spot. Oh, for sure. But, but it, we'll see how they do this year. I mean, then. I comparing know. that to to where we're at, we haven't even gotten twenty eight players yet, which I don't mind. Lutz <clears throat> is the kind of person that seems like he knows what he wants and goes and gets it. We can it wait. I love I mean, that. I'm yeah, he traded I'm, the number one pick, didn't he? Yeah, he traded he, like, the number one he pick knew away exactly because he knew who he wanted. which player he wanted in yeah. the draft. He traded that, back to like yeah. eight. And that person wasn't going number one overall. That's BDE Correct. right there. If mm-hmm. you trade away the number one pick, you he, know what you want. Yeah, he yeah. was. He knew exactly what he wanted. BDE. <laughs> And the transfer value that, of our squad <laughs> <You're packing>. currently. <laughs> Let's pack and steal. <laughs> the uh, the the value of our squad currently is uh, <laughs> twenty mil. For those at home, that translates roughly to uh, we want you. So yeah. it's not what it sounds it's like. Trimming. Uncle Sam, we want you. Yeah. Um. They didn't even hear me. <laughs> Don't worry. 
Yeah. We'll the, uh, <laughs> we haven't spent shit compared to these other teams. What we, did we spend? We spent five mil, like five. No 4. way on all mm-hmm. of our all on of our, all of our players. I trust the process. Joe Klaus, the player that he brought in from Hoffenheim, the designated that, player. That he knew, yeah. like he, that's his guy. Yeah, like, he brought him in. I like. While he was I wonder at if that's gonna I be like El Capitan. Well, it's either nepotism or I like it. Yeah, I like it. You know, I mean, he's he's a Brazilian and German mix. Uh, he. Klaus Brazilian is, seems kind yeah. of fishy. Yeah. I think he is German. I mean, that's just like the best mix yeah. of all right mm-hmm. there. And he's the big signing for 3.2 mil. And then we bought Lowen, Edward Lowen. Leuven? Yeah, Leuven. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Sorry. W's. Um, and he was a mill from Hertha Berlin. And he then, even claims that he's German, but he can't even speak it. I had to teach you how to say Fahnenstiel. <laughs> Fahnenstiel. Um, it's a good name. So we haven't bought all the players that we're going to have. But historically, we're going into the harder of the two conferences. So after seeing what the last two did, I wanted to see where people placed from like 2015 on in terms of the expansion teams. So we had NYFC eighth in the East in 2015, and Orlando City was seventh in the East. So they made the playoffs. Mm. Atlanta United in 2017 placed fourth in the East. That was their first year? Yes. Damn, they got fourth in their first year. Mm -hmm. So it's not unrealistic. It's it's not totally unrealistic. Yeah, but Atlanta's also like... Top of the, yeah, they're cream of the crop of the, in terms yeah, of yeah. Top tier shit, man. And Up Minnesota United, they place ninth in the West. They're also going into the easier conference. Like yeah. the the East is at least from what I'm seeing, like the East is the easier of the two in terms of you know making it to it's the like top. Basketball. Yeah, there you go. LeBron's been dominating it. <laughs> dominating both. Yeah, Dim- diamonds form under hey, pressure. Shout out LeBron. That's true. And yeah, it's not impossible. Like in 2018, LAFC joined and placed third in the West instantly. But that's we are not yeah, yeah, we're we're not an LA These are team. Some big money teams we're talking yeah, about. We're that's we are not we're not LA. That kind of we're not LA. I'm that's happy why I'm happy that we're not out here I signing a massive like designated player who's probably at the end of his career. We also just probably don't have the money for it. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean I mean they just spent they probably spent a billion to get this whole project done. I'd like, imagine. Yeah. Like in total, but that's they're spending we're not, it on the process yeah. of developing people. Yeah. We're also not like fighting long term vision. Yeah. We're, like it. we're also not yeah. fighting other giant sports franchises and other MLS teams for like recognition and ticket sales and stuff like that. Because LAFC and LA Galaxy, like <laughs> you, you have to be noticeable. You have to be good, like instantly, or you're not going to sell at your stadium. You're not yeah. going to do well. Like it's it's just a product of being in that market and. I think that we, hopefully, can make the playoffs. I but I'd say what, that, like, I want to hear everybody's thought. Like I think my expectation for the team is that we make we get that last spot in the playoffs in the first season. So seventh in the West, yeah, in so our first season. Okay, here's what I'm saying. Just based on our cities, like our people's desire for wins, our people's expectations for sporting franchises, um. I mean, we saw what happened with the Rams after a couple bad seasons. I do not want that to happen to us. So I think that it's important that we get – we don't have to start off by getting into the playoffs. Obviously, I'd love that. But I don't think we can flop because we have fans that expect more – Just they just expect more. So I'm going to go – yeah, I th- I'd say either seventh or eighth. That's what I want. I mean, higher than that is ideal, but – Yeah, I just think that – it's not as important to me that we make the playoffs this year. I like 
I would rather us build the systems to have constant like talent running through our team and place lower than be great this year and awful the next or something like that. It would be dope to like make the playoffs this year. But and I, I agree. I don't think we've really seen uh we have we've personally seen the soccer culture up close and I think that these fans will be backing I mean the the fans were backing the team while we were getting whipped three to nothing by by Bundesliga yeah. side, <laughs> and it was like 20 degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. couldn't feel my toes. The match result looks worse than the game actually was. Like I felt like St. Louis for being a it was a MLS two team, like the next yeah. pro team. I thought we did pretty well, if I'm being honest. Against a against Bayern, oh, like Bayern Leverkusen, that yeah. was a very good team. They're for sure coached by Chavi Alonso. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I well, don't they were, think we were playing all of our first team. No, no, we it's STL, STLSC too, and we didn't have some of the players that yeah. we. We yeah. had a few of our first team out there, but for sure, I agree. I I just think that fans will be happy to be there, and I think we got some good songs, and we'll get some even better songs, and the fire will be blazing. I'm so excited for this season. I am too. I am but too. yeah, it's dude, it's gonna be. So what much do you fun. think, Ian? What What are we placing? I'll I'll say tenth. 10th out of 14 teams. This guy line. stinks. We got a 10th. fourth over here. We're going fourth. Fifth. We got fourth, fifth. Fifth? Fifth. Dang, we got some high expectations. Yeah, those are some yeah. ridiculous expectations. I mean, expectations this is, it's St. Louis. Eyes. What do you want? We got to you know kill mean? Ian. We're going, to the, we're going to the Stanley Cup every year. We're going to the World Series every year. Fake I'm going fan to the MLS fake Cup fan every alert. year. There you go. Yeah. All MLS right. for the Lou. I feel like that's the pod. Yeah. Join in next week. We're going to be talking about player well it'd be lineup comps player comps will be giving you a little bit of a taste of who we want to see who we think is exciting uh starting 11s so yeah tap in next week mayor jones we need you to fire back at the kansas city mayor mayor lucas watch your back yeah it's a new kid in town and we uh we're coming to the top (laughs) (laughs) book it Ding, ding, ding. I liked it. I thought it was...